You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the May 2021 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team. So we spend our days helping students choose the best coding bootcamps for them. But every month we round up all the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and chatted about in our virtual Course Report office. And we share it all with you. So Jess, what news from May are we going to cover in this episode? We're going to start with news about a fundraise, a new CEO, and a round of layoffs. And then we're going to talk about the role that companies have in a bootcamp education. And then we'll talk about how the job market is faring in major tech cities and how tech is doing on diversity in the workforce. And because we're going into Memorial Day weekend this weekend and summer is officially starting soon, we're going to share a few summer bootcamps with you. And of course, we'll tell you about the 23 new coding bootcamps that we added to the course report directory this May. Let's start out as we usually do with fundraises and high-level news. The biggest news this month revolved around Lambda School, but before we dig into that, Liz, what's new over at Galvanize? Galvanize appointed Ricky Hamilton as chief executive officer. Before this, Ricky was the executive vice president of revenue operations and chief of staff to Harsh Patel, who was the former CEO. He's been at Galvanize for a while, at least since 2018, because he actually led the Hack Reactor acquisition. And one other interesting tidbit from this article, Galvanize's parent company, Stride, who also owns Tech Elevator and Hack Reactor, They just reported that their career learning revenue grew 191% year over year in the third fiscal quarter, which ended on March 31st, 2021. That's crazy. IT Web reports that South African-based coding bootcamp iExperience raised a 2.5 million Series A investment. iExperience currently partners with universities and businesses to offer bootcamps, and this investment will allow them to continue to grow that footprint. And according to NIMBY, the Puerto Rico Science, Technology, and Research Trust recently granted a sponsorship to Holberton School to support its Holberton Software Development School and Computer Science Coding Program. Liz, have you heard that NextGenT, which is a cybersecurity and network engineering bootcamp, is about to IPO under the Regulation A plus securities exemption? So while they go through this process, NextGenT has agreed to be featured on Entrepreneur.com's new TV series, Going Public, um, which highlights emerging companies preparing for an IPO. We're really excited to catch that episode whenever it airs. Definitely. We have to tune in. I think that's probably... 
the first story of its kind, right? A boot camp yes. IPOing <laughs> and on a like streaming show about it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, amazing. Well, while most of the news at the top of our podcast is usually about acquisitions and fundraises, we also sometimes have to talk about layoffs. And this May, Natasha Mascarenas reported in TechCrunch that Lambda School announced a round of layoffs and restructuring just one year after their last round of layoffs. These layoffs affected 65 employees, and Lambda School is pausing new enrollment in part-time programs, so they'll only be teaching full-time. It doesn't seem like Natasha actually spoke with Lambda School for this article, but on Twitter, Austin Allred said, quote, we've been working for years on making incentive-aligned education work. It's harder than we initially thought. We've had to reinvent a lot from scratch simultaneously, and we have to get a lot of things exactly right. Close quote. But TechCrunch does point out something crucial, saying, quote, the company has a lot of stakeholders with different incentives to consider students saving money, businesses making money, and venture capitalists who have given millions and millions to the company expecting some type of exit one day. And one of those stakeholders are their students. This news comes amidst a false advertising lawsuit from three Lambda School students. Lila Burke covered this for our Inside Higher Ed, and we will definitely keep an eye on this lawsuit and keep you updated on the podcast. But for now, all we know is that the lawsuit seems to be around false advertising around student outcomes. Well, until we hear more, I'll just say, you know, when we don't have standards for outcomes, then advertising can become a problem. And CIRR, C-I-R-R, the Council on Integrity and Results Reporting, is the strongest organization that our industry has right now. And Lambda backed out of CIRR in the midst of those false advertising accusations about a year ago. So it's been a tough month for Lambda School and Lambda students. But this morning, Ryan Craig came to Lambda's defense in an article in Forbes. Yes. So Ryan says that despite these layoffs and the lawsuit and regulatory issues, Lambda School has tried to do a lot of things right. They're trying to reduce friction for students around tuition by making ISAs work at scale. And Ryan isn't too worried about the cost of the ISA. That's something that uh, Lambda School gets a lot of criticism about. But, you know, only super high earners actually end up paying that $30,000 tuition price. Ryan points that out. But he also does conclude by saying that Lambda School needs a course correction because there's so much opportunity for employer-centric last-mile training models to rekindle the socioeconomic mobility in the U.S. And I personally think if you're going to read one article about Lambda School this month, make it Ryan's. He writes about boot camps a lot. He writes about apprenticeships a lot. He really knows his stuff. And he isn't going for the headline, which a lot of news outlets do when they're reporting on Lambda School, although he did go for some Lambda headline this in this piece because I think the title was called like the I don't know something about Lombada school yeah it it had a really deep um metaphor about dancing in there as well so definitely but a very deep article as, as well so yeah great one Well, speaking of employer-centric last-mile training programs, several journalists wrote about reskilling through coding boot camps in May and how companies and boot camps can play a role. 
Yes. So the pandemic certainly got the world thinking about education and if college degrees are still relevant for the needs of today's workforce. Yahoo News recently interviewed Pearson CEO Andy Bird about the future of education, and Andy Bird pointed out the surge of interest in alternative credentials. Pearson was once a textbook company, but has since pivoted to create digital learning software and programs for companies so they can upskill or reskill their own employees. And Bird sees this as evidence that companies will become the new universities of the future. Bird points to Amazon, which is partnered with Kenzie Academy and Lambda School to reskill its own workers, and then how Coursera has partnered with Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development. And building off of that, in EdSurge this May, Rebecca Koenig covered one of our favorite training models, the apprenticeship. So Rebecca points out that with corporations unable to hire and um, hold on to enough workers to fill jobs in IT, cybersecurity, and software development, more companies are assuming the costs and risks of preparing people for entry-level tech jobs by offering apprenticeships. And I know we kind of use apprenticeship, um, we can use it like interchangeably and kind of colloquially, but apprenticeship is not just a word. They operate according to standards that are set by state governments or by the US Department of Labor. And they often culminate in a certificate or college credits. In the bootcamp world, there are a few DOL Department of Labor approved apprenticeships like Boise Codeworks and Multiverse. Those are two good examples. And we know from our most recent market sizing report that 40 bootcamps already work with companies on corporate training. And they taught about 25,000 students via 493 corporate training partnerships. So there's a lot of opportunity there. But as EdSearch points out, People actually have to sign up for these apprenticeships. This model is not very familiar to Americans. I think in the U.S., people expect to pay for their own education, probably go into debt, and then ask for a job. But these are earn and learn opportunities, um, and they are out there. So if you're listening to this podcast and you know someone who would benefit from an apprenticeship, pass this article on. We'll link to it in the blog post. And here's another great example. Over in the UK, fintech company Templar Payments has become a hiring partner of coding bootcamp North Coders. This partnership relies on the apprenticeship levy, which is a UK tax on employers that can be used to fund apprenticeship training. North Coders grads are now finding themselves gainfully employed by Templar Payments, plus they're receiving mentorship from that new employer. Well, hearing about that surge in apprenticeships and corporate training is a really cool shift in America, kind of taking the burden off of students to pay for their own skills training. But none of that matters if they aren't getting hired, right? So Jess, what did we read about the current hiring landscape right now in the U.S.? So with the rise in COVID vaccinations, DICE reported that Seattle's hiring scene is back up. They released their Q1 tech job report, which found that hiring in Seattle has risen 4% year over year and that job postings were up 16% between this February and March. And then news station Cairo 7 highlighted how Seattle-based coding bootcamp Codefellows has been helping people throughout this past year make that career change into these pandemic-resistant tech fields through their online coding bootcamp. Business Insider caught up with the new CEO of General Assembly, Lisa Lewin, about how tech training programs like General Assembly are crucial during these 
difficult economic times. Lewin says that in Q2 last year, General Assembly saw a 30% year-over-year increase in their enrollments, and demand for its live online courses increased by 133%. That makes sense, right? Because everything was being done online last year. And to some extent this year. Um, General Assembly has been keeping itself busy as it targets new community reskilling initiatives in what they call second or third tier cities who are already hit by the loss of manufacturing jobs. Those reskilling program efforts are uh, currently being aimed at Buffalo, Sacramento, Atlanta, and Louisville. Delaware Business Now reported on Zip Code Wilmington's amazing 90% job placement rate. So Zip Code Wilmington participated in Delaware's rapid training program. It was called Forward Delaware to train 38 students. 35 of those 38 students have been hired for full-time positions so far. And Liz, listen to this stat. Zip Code Wilmington says that the combined salaries of those 35 hired students amounts to $2.8 million, which is a $1.5 million increase from their combined total earnings before they went to the boot camp. That is just so cool. Yes, that's a huge lift. Kind of an interesting way of getting that number across or that salary lift across, but um, I don't think we've seen that before. But um, yeah, that's amazing for them. Very cool. It's been one year since the murder of George Floyd sparked a new civil rights movement that included shining a light on the lack of diversity in tech. In the coding bootcamp space, we saw this community come together to offer so many diversity scholarships intent on diversifying the tech pipeline. And we will definitely link to that list of scholarships in our May news roundup on the blog. So check that out. Liz, how has diversity in tech changed over this past year? Well, if you remember about six years ago when the huge tech companies like Twitter, Google, and Apple, Amazon started publishing their diversity numbers, it was a pretty big deal. And data is important. As as this article in CNBC points out, it's better than industries like finance that don't publish diversity data on an annual basis. But an article in CNBC this May showed that these companies are still falling short. The number of women has risen at those big tech companies. But when you look at the number of Black employees, that diversity is just not there. Facebook showed the smallest increase going from 3% to 3.8% of workers in the past five years. Um, Twitter moved roughly 2% Black employees in its workforce in 2014 to 6% at the start of 2019. Amazon reported an 11% point jump with a workforce that was 26.5% Black at the start of 2019. But the majority of those employees are working in Amazon distribution centers. So difficult to compare to those other tech companies. And all of those numbers are even lower when you look at leadership roles. I want to just point out that we kind of see something similar in coding boot camps. Before 2017, about 2.5% of boot camp grads identified as Black was very low. That rose to 6.6% in 2018 and 8% in 2019, but fell back to about 6% during COVID for 2020 graduates. So I want to talk a little bit about what boot camps are doing here. Jess, do you want to talk about the uh, Galvanize Partnership? 
Definitely. So this month, Galvanize announced a partnership with Austin Urban Technology Movement, or AUTM. It's a nonprofit that bridges the gap between Black and Hispanic communities and then the tech field. And that's through job placement, career development, and networking opportunities. So this new partnership will host events in the Austin, Texas area through Galvanize's platform um, in order to engage and encourage the Black and Hispanic community. And they're also going to offer Galvanize's premium prep program for free to anyone who has participated in Galvanize's JavaScript or Python workshop series. That's cool. And Tavi Must wrote about how to address the lack of diversity in cybersecurity for Forbes this May. He cites an international consortium of minority cybersecurity professionals statistic. So that's ICMCP. Um, the statistic that women are barely 14% of information security ranks, while women make up 51% of the U.S. population. The U.S. Labor Department says African Americans make up a scant 3% of InfoSec analysts in the U.S. today. At the same time, the cybersecurity industry is complaining about this persistent talent shortage. Um, we need more cybersecurity professionals. And since a lot of those cybersecurity folks come from other STEM industries, they kind of suffer from that like downstream pipeline problem that your typical software engineering role already has. So how to solve this. Tavi points out first that the industry has to be proactive and actually cites a program in India where government initiatives to recruit women into STEM education programs have actually expanded their representation in cybersecurity to 34%, which is, I think, twice, more than twice in the U.S., and secondly, he recommends that cybersecurity companies partner with educational institutions. So Tavi points to HBCUs in the U.S. Uh, that is a great idea, but I'd also add cybersecurity boot camps like NextGenT and Flatiron School, Evolve Security Academy, SecureSet, um, who are already doing the work of reaching out to underrepresented groups. And to wrap this segment up, Technically Baltimore highlighted the good work Flatiron School has been doing to encourage more women to get into tech. So Flatiron has awarded over $1 million in scholarships to women through partnerships with Women Who Code and Citibank. And then Flatiron also offers its own scholarship program, Women Take Tech, for incoming boot camp students. Flatiron's 2020 jobs report showed that 90% of women alumni landed a job after graduation, and those women made an average starting salary of $72,000, which is about $4,000 higher than the average starting salaries for Flatiron School's male graduates. So... It's summer again, um, and we love to remind our listeners and readers that summer is an excellent time to learn how to code. That's right. Happy summer. And whether you are a high school student or a college student, um, you know, going into your summer break or someone maybe looking to make a career make a change, or if you just want to add a new skill to your knowledge base over the summer, many online and in-person programs offer everything from full length coding boot camps to short classes. 
According to WFMZ, 2U just announced that it is expanding its high school boot camp programs to four universities this summer. So these programs give students age 13 and older an intro to coding and data fundamentals. And here at Course Report, we've rounded up over 30 coding boot camp programs that are perfect for high schoolers, as well as recent high school graduates who are taking maybe a gap year or just looking to add some more skills before they dive into college. We'll link to that list in the roundup so you can check it out if you are looking for a program this summer. And if you're an adult learner, check out our list of summer cohorts in the May News Roundup. We'll put a link there. Many of those boot camps are currently accepting applications, so um, they typically you'll need to get an application in the next couple of months. There were several new schools in the news this month, but even more so, we saw lots of news about redesigned programs and brand new course offerings this May. Alliant International University has announced a new partnership with Sabio for their BS in Information Systems Technology. Jess actually just published a blog post on Course Report about this program, so you can read all about it on the blog. It takes 10 months to complete. Students are considered full-time students, and they receive about 20 hours of class credit. Very cool. Yeah, definitely check that out. I think one of the um, extra cool things about that program is after the 10-month Sabio kind of boot camp in the program, you can just start applying to jobs. So you can basically find a job and still earn your degree. So check out that post. University of New Mexico has officially partnered with Promineo Tech in order to offer an affordable coding boot camp. Um, that boot camp will cover front-end and back-end development. Pasadena Now reports that Full Stack Academy is partnering with Caltech to offer data analytics boot camps. Applications are now open and um, they close on August 17th, so you've got about a month. The LA area alone lists over 3,200 current entry-level data analytics positions at businesses like Anthem, Blue Cross, IBM, Sempra, and Disney. And then GovTech.com reports that Full Stack Academy will also partner with Colorado State University on a cybersecurity boot camp. And they point out that there are over 17,000 openings for cybersecurity jobs in Colorado. Flatiron School announced in EdScoop that it has redesigned its courses and lecture series around hybrid work. Um, Flatiron's new Live and Flex course options allow students to choose to complete a boot camp either online or in person. And this should work seamlessly with a new world of work where companies are allowing employees to work remotely or in person as they please. A new free boot camp called Mississippi Coding Academy is taking applications. Their CEO and chairman, Mike Forster, said that he, quote, realized that there were a thousand open jobs in technology in our little state and our four-year universities and our community colleges with computer science degrees were only filling a small portion of the need, end quote. The program takes 11 months to complete and tuition is free thanks to both government funding and sponsor support. And another program update for Flatiron Schools. So they are now offering a product design bootcamp in lieu of the standard UX UI design bootcamp. We've got a forthcoming post to be published on the Course Report blog this June that will dive so much deeper into the curriculum. So be on the lookout for that. 
And finally, Digital Crafts added full-time UX design and cybersecurity boot camps. Those are taught in their hybrid training models. So remember, that means that they're offering live online training so students can attend classes from anywhere with an internet connection. But then they can also go to one of their like local community locations, one of their campuses, and stream that on-site. This May, we added 23 new boot camps to the Course Report School Directory. That's got to be some kind of record. Um, Jess, which online schools are now in Course Report? Yeah, it was definitely a happening month here in the <laughs> Course Report school listings. So for online boot camps, PathStream, Freemote, Integrify Academy, Educacion IT, Tech Pledge, and Knowledge Hut are now in our school listings. We've also added Code Tenderloin, Mississippi Coding Academy, and Generation USA. And those coding boot camps are all helping underrepresented learners break into tech. The Data Science Bootcamps Institute of Data, Valley ML Fellowship Program, and Amarticus Learning are now in our listings, as well as the QA Engineering Bootcamp SQA Solution and the UX Design Bootcamp Designers with two R's. Full Stack Bootcamp's 10X Academy, Clever Programmer, and VentureNix Lab are now in the course report directory. And we've added St. Paul College Coding Bootcamp, El Camino Community College Coding Bootcamp, University of New Mexico Coding Bootcamp, College of Eastern Idaho Coding Bootcamp, Ozark Technical Community College Coding Bootcamp, and Brookdale Community College Coding Bootcamp. And these six university bootcamps are all powered by Promineo Tech. All right, Jess. Well, let's wrap up our May podcast by talking about our favorite pieces to work on and publish on the Course Report blog this month. So Jess, what was your favorite piece to publish? I loved speaking with Cece Yang and Aladrian Goods, um, two Career Foundry UX Design Bootcamp grads this month. So Cece and Aladrian both graduated from Career Foundry's online UX Design Bootcamp two years ago, and they spoke about how that program continues to help them in their careers as UX designers today. Um, if you're looking for advice on how to make the most of your bootcamp experience and land that UX design job that sparks an amazing career, definitely check out this Q&A. They had the best advice. They were so like they really reflected on on their time after boot camp, and because they had been they had graduated two years ago, they actually had such cool like you know careers. Their careers had really like developed and definitely something amazing. They would also be amazing people to connect with on LinkedIn. So I highly recommend reaching out to them if you're looking for like that sort of mentor type person in your UX life. For sure. Well, Jess, May was busy, but I got to work on this really helpful guide to ethical hacking with Jessica Myers, who is an instructor at Flatiron School in their cybersecurity department. But Jessica also has the most extensive background in cybersecurity. She has worked for the military. She like developed some really serious cybersecurity like regulations. She's amazing. She's also a great teacher. So she taught me all about ethical hacking. We got to put that into a nice, helpful guide. 
for our readers. Um, we talked about what it means to have a career as an ethical hacker and what your job would actually entail, how much you would expect to get paid with different certifications, and also how social engineering is making ethical hacking more important and more in demand than ever. So check out that guide. Yeah, that turned out to be such a cool piece. And that does it for our May podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Keep checking in on Course Report for the latest about online bootcamp opportunities. And we'll see you next month on the June Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Absolutely. We'll see you in June and we love feedback. So email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, help other future boot campers by going to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this podcast, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. We'll see you in June. Bye, Jess. Bye.